Well, hello there, intuitives. This is Vicki. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. This episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Deborah Sunderland of Sunderland Coaching, and we just had the most energetic conversation. And you know when you meet someone and you're like, yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Yup, I get that too. And holy mackerel, we have this in common. We had not met before this episode, which often happens in podcast land. And I have thoroughly enjoyed her uh, communication, what she shares in specializing in awakening leaders to, uh, you know, transform, to solve their limiting belief systems only in the upper level where she really has a message of your excellence is harming you. And I so agree with that. How many times have I said, we just have to take a break. Can you calm down? Can you go do something fun? Can you let go of that pursuit of what you think is external excellence and connect with the internal excellence? So I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, you can reach her at all the links that we'll have in the show notes and just sit back and we didn't, well, I can speak for myself. I didn't have a lot of coffee before this conversation, but it certainly sounds like we did. And that's what being with like-minded people is like. And I'm so grateful to Deborah for coming on the show and look forward to collaborating with her in the future. So enjoy. So Deborah, thank you so much for joining us on Intuition, Your First Sounds. It's a pleasure to have you here. I feel like this is going yes, to be a yes, very yes. fun session, um, which is good for me um, because who wants to do a boring interview? You know, so mm. I'm grateful that your team reached out. So they know about me. People who listen to this podcast know about me. Can you give us a little insight to you and what you're doing here and how you help it and all that stuff? Yeah, sure. So thank you so much for having me here and thanks for having fun. Um, so if you were to know me more, I can be really serious when I'm about getting things done. And my getting things done most of my life was to achieve, to be the winner, to be the top, to whatever it was, I was going to be the best until it almost killed me. I, the big part of my change in my life from getting all this stuff done to becoming who am I called to be? What's my calling, my purpose, my passion, my genius happened. Um, it's coming up on eight years, actually. Uh, June 1st, I was um, a very uh, competitive cyclist and I was in a race that um, almost killed me, almost killed me. So I, I was hit apparently by another cyclist and went plummeting to the curb, cracked my skull open and my brain hit the back of my head to the front of my head and started bleeding everywhere and shattered nine ribs, punctured my lung and separated my shoulder and started convulsing. I was raised to a trauma one hospital in Chicago and my family was called and said, you need to get here because we don't think she's going to make it. And so I, long and short of it is I've several reasons why I think I'm here still. One is my crazy brain, which was always thinking about success had fortified my body in a lot of ways, because I always believed that what my, what my thinking was or is, is what I'm going to create. I believe that from a young age, because I grew up in a very traumatic childhood. And so I had to discern who am I going to be? What am I going to believe? 
Um, and so for me, I remember telling myself, well, if you believe you can do it, you're going to do it. So that plus I believe God, the universe had another purpose for me besides getting stuff done or helping other leaders get things done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's what, that was my wake up was to coming into consciousness instead of being pretty much in a coma. Like I was in the coma, um, to, for my brain to heal yeah. my whole life. I believe I lived in a coma and I believe most people do they're on autopilot and live most of their days in a coma. So I had the real awakening of like what it's like to be almost dead to waking fully alive. And that's what I really mm-hmm. want to support people in is waking their life up to their whole aliveness. Yeah. So you really did have a cosmic two by four. It wasn't so cosmic. I, I think it was pretty, <laughs> pretty like cosmic and real and just, yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah, literally like every, every aspect, mm-hmm. the physical, the emotional, the mental, the spiritual. So the whole kit and caboodle of of you got rebooted i got rebooted it was actually um um, it is kind of funny because literally i don't remember almost a year of my life um and coming out of that coma i really had to learn to walk talk cut my food again and the neuroscience surgeon said it was going to take three years for my brain to heal and i immediately said hell no it's not (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, it's not. And I was back on my bike in eight months. And my coach is like, I can't believe you're exactly where you were before you left off. And, but the wake up came when I was driving my dear children to school, when I was finally cleared to drive my car again, my son was getting on a train in Chicago and there's all these beautiful, wealthy people getting on the train, going to work, just like he was going to school. And my little girl was 11 at the time. And she sees that I'm boarding the train with him as I'm about to drop her off at school. She says, mama, why does everyone look so unhappy getting on the train, going to work? Yeah. So I was like, Oh man, cause I know that one. I know how I felt. I know how the people who have the most don't really have this beautiful life. It looks pretty and it looks like it's great with all their houses and cars and stuff they have, but there's this missing piece yeah. in their inner being. And just like me, yeah. I believe that they're searching for an external to be okay. An external for if I reach this, then I'll finally be okay, or I'll be good enough, or I'll have enough, or I can rest, or I'll be happy. Whatever the story is, I think we all have. And I believe we got that from a young age by going off to school. That's what we're taught. Like, this is how you get from first grade to second grade. This is how you graduate from school. This is how you get into college. This is how you, right? And we don't stop and think. We're like, okay, okay. And so it's, it's, it's that coma made me stop and think, right? And so my want is I reach people before they have to get into a place where they really are in a tragic place and they have to really look at their life. I'm like, listen, my life was spared to wake yours up. <laughs> so <laughs> Actually, that was going to be what I, what I was going to ask you is, do you, I, I don't believe we manifest tragedy for ourselves. I, I do believe mm-hmm. everything can be a message. Mm-hmm. It, it, not everything is a lesson. However, we have the opportunity to learn from that message um, and from whatever's being presented in, in front of you. But do you feel like that? Um, and you just answered it. I was going to ask you, do you feel like that experience somewhat drives you to help other people 
to not have to whack their head mm-hmm. on a curb as a result of someone else's negligence, that becomes um, a lit up, like what what lights you up from within inside. We hear that term, but I know when I work, I work with a lot of executives mm-hmm. and a lot of those people getting on those trains. And then I, a simple question of, so where's the joy in your life? Where's the happiness? And the stares back and I'm like, oh, I want to hug you. Okay. Because I get the driven. Hey, we both discovered this before we got on the call. <laughs> yeah. We're threes on the Enneagram. It's pretty much written in there. If you want to do it, find the three. <laughs> Efficiently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and rather straightforward and maybe without a lot of, you know, flowers on it, but we'll get it done. Um, like that knowing that experience of and and wanting to help others to not have to go through whatever their experience of the the trauma would be do you feel like that's some of the impetus for you or push for you absolutely absolutely um sometimes i find myself uh, this is my own my own inner work sometimes i actually feel frustrated because i just want to be like wake up <laughs> <laughs> wake up, wake up, hurry, wake up, right? Hurry to wake up because, um, you can feel the energy of people. You know, I coach teams, I coach CEOs, leaders and their teams. And you, as soon as I sit down this, like yesterday, I sat down with a team and I just looked at them and they're all kind of heavy. They're all kind of just, you know, they're tired. And I'm like, as I said, I'm like, are you guys living your full life today? are you living the life you're called to live? And they're like, you know, this is common, you know, but they just, we go into a trance. Most of us do. That's the work is how do we get out of being in a trance? What tools are we going to use? What are we going to use to get ourselves to presence and be fully us? And so sometimes I feel like there is like, I want to get a stick of dynamite, (laughs) you know, because I do believe that we're all beautiful and created not by accident with such detail that like you can't be anyone else and no one can be you. And you live in this exact moment. It's, I think you probably have heard this. It's like one in 4.3 trillion chances that you would have been born to your mom and dad to live right now. Like it's really an odd chance that you would be Mm -hmm. here. Right. So it's a gift. And I just thought like, Aren't you more than just getting stuff done? Who is that one inside of you? Yeah, so for sure, it drives me. I have an, I, I come to understand about myself. I have an insatiable curiosity about how people are wired, um, mm. what makes them that unique being that they are. This basis of some of my coaching is what are you bringing to yourself? And then the ripple effect of bringing that to the world. And I don't mm. mean it in an all doing place. I like in that place of feeling like you not only had that, you know, trillion number for your parents, you had that for you. And your soul chose mm-hmm. your body to be in. So if your soul chose to land in this particular body and it wants to see how much stinking fun it can have while it's here, while operating and being able to move around in that body, well, then have you connected those two thoughts? And uh, like you said, a lot of the times that has not been, no. pres- it certainly wasn't presented to me. 
um, you know, in growing up and stuff. And it was, I feel like I'm so (laughs) grateful. This may sound a little ass backwards, but I'm so grateful to the clients who have come to me who Mm -hmm. have been disconnected because that I'm like, Mm -hmm. not only do I get to help with this and kind of get in there with a little flashlight to figure out what two wires came undone and how can we get them, you know, firing again? Exactly. Also as the reminder that, wait a minute, I did the same thing. You know, I, my soul chose to come into this body and I might say to myself, don't you waste it. Um, I can, I understand the frustration. I, I have actually said to someone, where's the defibrillator? <laughs> yeah, totally. I need to find the defibrillator. Yeah. We're going to do a total reboot here. Um, yeah. But that permission place, right? Uh, because we are encouraged, I'll say, because I don't think it all comes from a an unsupportive side to do our best to strive and all of that. Mm-hmm. But then that becomes yes. your value. Exactly. You know, perceived value, perceived value. Right. That's our whole thing. Like we don't feel valued if we're not doing something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the crux of authority. Right. right? Yeah. So I totally get that. And we're, I'm, I'm sure since yeah. you're aware of the Enneagram, just a side note, our countries are actually can be um, exhibited as a culture of it by the Enneagram. And of course we know the U S is it's a three, you know, like France is a four and you can feel that different energy. Like when I go to France, I'm like, Oh, I totally know. I love my foreignness comes out into my, you know, when you're there and it's very interesting how a culture is driven. Like we're such drivers around. Yeah. Push, 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 push. Don't rest. Just keep going until you exhaust yourself. So yeah. Um, yeah. So that's my work really is, um, getting to that unique genius that people are getting out of their excellence, which is what we've all been striving for, right. To get to that gold star, that a plus mm-hmm. Harvard, whatever our goal is. Mm-hmm. And, um, taking that big plunge into the unknown, which is scary because yeah. it's the, can I trust myself enough to know that I have the tools already, the doing tools. And now can I trust my heart? Can I trust my mm-hmm. gut to align with my head that already has figured out a lot of stuff, but isn't the full answer. Can I trust that to take the leap into mm-hmm. the unknown and to, to do my work in what most, I most want to do, or to whatever it is to create my life the way I most want. And, um, of course we know we've got that ego Mm -hmm. that is flipping out all the time and trying to keep us in a box. And it's just always practicing, noticing Mm -hmm. the combat, the dissonance of the ego, the amygdala saying no, no, no. And the other parts like, but I want to, and how do we bridge the two gaps of that dissonance? And it is taking that step of fear, but allowing love to accompany the fear Mm -hmm. in order for us to keep moving forward. And I think that love without love for ourselves, for the world, we will never build trust because if we don't trust ourselves, how are we supposed to trust someone else? And if we don't have love, we're not going to have trust. So mm-hmm. it just all goes together. So it's interesting when I ask my CEOs, are you being radically selfish? Are you taking time to, first of all, love yourself? Do you know what they tell me? What do you think they tell me? I don't know how, I don't know what that means. You know, time. Not even do I have time. I don't, I don't know, know what that means. Yeah. I'm like, what? 
you don't know how to love yourself yeah that's how far we've gotten away from being yeah yeah and and there's such a such an I think importance put on the intellectual aspect of things that it's taken us further and further from that um you know that love that's inherently in us soul level human level is just in there uh, and it, it's like where did i put it you know it's it, it's it's somewhere within i believe that there are aspects of the ego that support us they're the parts that say mm-hmm. get on that stage call that person so it's much like working with the subconscious and the conscious mind we have to support the part of the ego that's adorable um, and then say to the, that part mm-hmm. that the amygdala, the fight or flight, that's freaking out, that's saying you must achieve this or you are nothing and say, no, cutie, that's actually yeah. not the real story. <laughs> yeah. I know you've been led to believe that, but mm, can we try it a, you know, a different way? And then I feel like in, in asking of those questions and in helping people to realize you really do have it in there. Like it's in there somewhere. We just gotta go find it. It's fine. I agree. I agree. And that's why I love one of the tools I use. I use the 15 commitments of conscious leadership. I use Byron Katie. I'm certified in, in, and also on the Enneagram and on conscious leadership. And it's to help wake up to the hidden parts, the hidden parts that we've ignored, the hidden parts that we're believing that are causing us to repeat, repeat, repeat the results we don't want. Well, that's beautiful because that awakens us to the fearful one in us, the part of the brain that wants to keep us safe. And that keeps us stuck in small. So we get so far, but we're not going to get to where we want to go. So absolutely. I agree with appreciating that one in us that wants to protect us and knowing that if we repeat that cycle, we're not going to go beyond it. So what's the learning every time we get the result we don't want? Can I appreciate for getting this far? Can I appreciate myself for this? And can I get curious around, hmm, what are my thoughts that I'm ignoring or not aware of that are repeating this? What are my feelings that come with that? And then what are my beliefs all hidden, right? And can I start to discover that? And typically, um, I'm sure you do this too. An easy switch for me is two things. One, you're, you're not breathing in that state, which, you know, you're like breathing from your chest up and your muscles are constricted. Your chest is died. So you can't even breathe fully in your lungs. You're like, <clears throat> and you're like, you know, when you're driving your car and there's <laughs> cars everywhere in Chicago and you're like, ah! that's how we got to live our life. Like ah, gripping the steering wheel and not breathing mm-hmm. and learning to practice for me, that was actually life-changing because I came as I'd said, from a a traumatic childhood that caused me to have like a deep anxiety constantly in my belly every day. It was there. You could hear it gurgling. And I had developed migraines when I was 11. And like that would put me out kind of like similar to really the, um, a stroke. Those are the kinds of symptoms I would have. And from a young age. And once I started to learn how to come back into my body and breathe and breathe from my belly and practice it when I wasn't triggered so that it became a practice of noticing, am I even breathing right now? Can I take three deep breaths and exhale even more quickly or more slowly? Um, that actually changed my whole nervous system, like for good, that I'm rarely anxious. 
Um, I don't have that belly that's in a knot anymore. And that has been huge. And then the other thing that Shan showed me immediately, which I love this tool, I'm sure you know it too, is since the brain is thinking to keep us safe, um, you better do this or, or don't do this. Or I learned to do the opposite to tell myself, what's the opposite of that story I'm telling myself. And could that be Mm -hmm. as true as to the story I'm telling myself? Could it even be truer? And just that question alone opens me up and opens all of us up to curiosity instead of in the defense mode that the ego puts us into. And that has been transformational for me, for sure. And for me, that's really exciting because I feel like the more people that are doing work like this, um, you know, it's kind of like a divide and conquer thing. They go, you go, I'll go up the middle, toss the ball, you know. Because from my wiring, um, like I see people walking around disconnected from their soul self. So my intention, especially of late, the last year or so has been, can I introduce you to your soul? Because you're really going to like it. Um, And because the soul, I believe, has that frequency of curiosity Mm. and joy and playfulness and the hilarity of choosing to be a human in every lifetime. So I, I, what I sounds like to me, and you can correct me if I'm off course here, but it sounds like what you're helping people do and, and those who have, you know, been appreciated Mm -hmm. for their ability to handle Mm -hmm. so much, um, to achieve so much it sounds like you're also introducing them to themselves. Like here, mm-hmm. here's this aspect of yourself yeah. that maybe you left in the car when yeah. you got in the building this morning, you totally disengaged it because the message has been, you have to do that. When in fact, if you brought your whole mm. self in the building, not only would things be more, lovely. Um, they would be more efficient. We'd have less communication issues. You know, you would be able to spot the ones that need a little bit of help, um, you know, and, and work with that. And it, it, so it, it sounds, and it feels to me like this is part of the gift that you bring your, your clients and your corporations and such too, because you're also bringing all your tools, right? You're bringing you're bringing that experience of, oh, listen, I know what it feels like to be separated from self. <laughs> so much I was in the ethers for a while. You know, yeah. So all my body was that. here. Um, what's, your, what's your favorite part of that? My favorite part, I love when you say joy and play. That just makes me skip a beat because that's why I used to bike. That's why I went cycling because as a child living in a home that was scary, um, that was my one thing that I would get on was my bike. That was my, my freedom. That was my play. That was my, and we, most of us, I think as soon as we go off to school or work, we've lost that playful one in us. We've lost that excitement of exploring and letting things just be. And just, you know, there's that side. And I would love for people to come back to that playful side and not take things so seriously um, cause we do act like it's life or death most of the time. Like you're in a, you know, like really on, on the, you know, the operating table or something, but, um, 
So that resonates with me a ton. And the other thought I had was, I love to use the word, like when I use the Enneagram and I'm assessing people and we're working on that, I always tell them that your type is your delusion. Your type is your delusion. Mm. You are more than your type. You are all that. And you are more than that. And your type is your delusion, your distraction to get you somewhere. But that's, that's your safety zone. Your type is your safety. And, and, and so how can we mm-hmm. really step out of that and be holistic in all of you, which is head, heart and gut, which is Enneagram, right? Uh, whatever type you are, like you and I are hearts. Yeah. So how do we incorporate the head and the gut? And even in the heart space, we don't feel our feelings as threes. So how do we really start to feel our feelings? So my work is really getting comfortable, which was a journey for me was, can I feel my fear? Would I allow it to just come through mm-hmm. me? And that's terrifying at first because we aren't used to feeling that. So having a little bit more capacity every day to just notice, and can I just give a little more room to feel my feelings until I'm comfortable with them just letting flow through me? Cause we lose our wisdom when we're not paying attention and allowing our feelings. We're losing a big part of our wisdom of our whole yes. And our whole yes. in my, my world is starting with your body first line of defense to know that something is there or not there for you is looking at your body. What's it sensing? What's it telling you? And then the next part is our emotional intelligence, right? What are the emotions, the energy and motion telling us? And then thirdly, our, our, our head, our thinking, and do they all align? And I love when you ask people, I ask them this, when you are excited and you know, that, you know, that, you know, that you're like going to go do this, mm-hmm. or you want to do this. What happens to your body? You lean fully forward. You're like ready to go. And when I say to that, say to people, if there is any part of you, that's not a whole yes in your life, stop doing it. Because usually what we do is, oh, we'll do, okay, I should, or I better, or I have to. And so it's probably not a yes at all, or it might be a partial yes. And a partial yes is also, I call it a hell no. So listening for the hell no and the whole yes, mm-hmm. like, yes, that's everything to giving life, I believe, in someone's being. And, and I trust people to know that. I trust them to know what that feels like in their body. So that's a whole other learning is what's our body sensing? Well, and that with you trusting it, you then become the guide to them trusting it. You know, so a lot of times when I work with someone, I'll feel it in my body where their pain is or where their block is. And it's okay because I don't keep it there, but I'll, I'll feel it. And I'll say, can I just bring your attention to your left hip? What's going on there? And I'm like, oh, that's been a problem for years. And I'm like, yeah. So could we look at that? Like, would it be okay if we heard what your hip was trying to tell you? It's not all a hip flexor, you know, it's not poor squat, you know, or something. (laughs) Maybe it is, maybe your form needs some looking at, but, um, that, that reconnection, if you will, because we have that. And then I know that it gets connected out of us when we leave our heart space and go to our head space about seven years old. And that then the patterns then get laid down and the borrowed beliefs and the, the, just the stuff that's no longer ours. And it's almost like they have people wander away from themselves mm-hmm. and then start to wander back. 
So, you know, if it sounds to me like you're, you can often act also as their guide back to themselves until they can do it, you know, because any coach who thinks that they are in there simply for the kudos of it needs to get the heck yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. And I think too, I think too, like for me and for you, and I'm sure this is true for you is that as long as I'm alive, there's learning. And I always learn the most from being with my clients right? It's like, can I be present to myself? What am I sensing in all of me? We call it looping. And then what am I sensing in them, all of them? And then what am I sensing in God, the universe, the bigger picture? What's here for all of this, all of this container. And, and for me, I still have my learning partners practicing consciousness because we all have blind spots. And I always think about, um, racing my bike the way I became a really awesome cyclist at the age of 42 is that I studied with people who had gone ahead of me and I had a coach, my coach. I, I, I very much do coaching. Like my coach did for me, we come up with what's what's, what do you most want? Where do you most want to be? How do you think you're going to most get there? What do you, how do you want to create that? And then I give them the tools to practice, right? just like my coach did. We made a plan for what A A races did I have? What B races did I have over the year? What C races? And then he gave me the plan, but it was for me to implement. And and if I knew I wanted to Mm -hmm. get to the next level or get on the podium, I had to do my work every day because if I didn't, the results would show Mm -hmm. that. Right. And so I've come to believe too, and work with, it's even when you coach, I'm sure you get this, People say they want something, but many of them aren't willing and that's okay. I love them too, but I've become such a stellar person. It's like, I'm here to coach you. I'm not going to drag you. If you aren't willing totally, then you're not ready. But if you're willing to take yourself to where it's going to get messy, but we're going to get through the other side and you're willing to move forward. That's the person I want working with me because you and, you know, we can't, it's, they've got to do their part. They've got to come We're we're on the journey together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and part of that is I, at least what I've learned is that I don't want to ever take that joy, you know, from someone. So I'm here, I'm next to you. I'll, I'll stand in front of you. I'll lead the way. Um, not if we're running on the back of the packer, but if, you know, the rest of the way, I'll be in front of you. Um, because when it gets messy and you feel supported, you, you can move through that. And then on the other side of it is that I freaking did it. Mm. And I call it my contact high. Like, this is why I never had to do drugs because when somebody is on the other side and they're looking at their messy and they're feeling it and they're experiencing Mm -hmm. it and you know, oh, here it comes, here it comes, they're getting it. (laughs) And you try to keep the neutral face so they don't, but then they navigate through and then they get to feel that internal and that Mm -hmm. eternal success of that because our external success could like one of your blog posts says Mm -hmm. your excellence is killing you. And you know, it's, it's true because that's, I think externally focused, right. But if there's an internal focus, I love that you said selfish because I used to say Mm. all the time, I teach selfishness because 
to be selfish means to take care of self. What I won't stand for is self-centered. If you're self-centered, we're going to have a chat. Yeah. Beautiful. Or I I, I may free up your future and you're going to go elsewhere. Um, But but the selfishness um, is that delightful place I think when when we can give ourselves permission and sometimes borrow permission um, and then and then act it out you start to see there's this beautiful ripple effect that happens it's so amazing I love it I love it and I love your description of selfishness and self-centeredness two very different things and and when I say are you going to be radically selfish even that word like people don't believe my experience has been with my leaders that it it's okay to be gracious to themselves. Yeah. It's not okay to hone my inner being. And I don't, you know, I think it's because we've been so programmed throughout the years as to what we're supposed to be looking like and doing that it's such a such a shift that they're like, (laughs) you know, what are you talking about? Um, But I was going to, I had the thought just to complete to the whole coaching thing is anytime I ended my race, I would get on a call with my coach and we'd go over my learnings. We'd go over, give me a replay, give me a replay on how you were feeling, what were you sensing, what were you hearing? And for bike racing, you have to be really, really present. If you're not present, you're either going to get into a crash or you're going to be off the back. You have got to know where you are, where everyone else is and where you're going every single second. And it was, it made, it really awakened me to being very, very present. And so when we talked about covering back and looking back at my, my moment, right. That's why I love people to look at their life. Like, is this where you want to be? Right. Cause you're creating this. And, and I created whatever my result was for my, for my racing, So it's like, Hmm, can I look at that? Can I, how was I feeling? What was I thinking? What was I noticing? And, and the part that I loved was I had a coach there. I had a coach who had gone ahead of me already, who was there to like, see my blind spots and say, Hey, or he'd give me a, you know, he would tell me if you're tired and it's a windy day, everyone else is tired and it's a windy day for them. That's when you go, that's when you go. Right. And he would give me little tips like that, that I would hear in my head. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's right. And the other priest he'd always tell me is try to break away, try and break away, try and break away. And he said, if they catch you, that's okay. You go again, you go again and you don't give up. And that's, I think part of the resiliency that I've come to have in my life is there's always possibility. There's always another chance. There's always another way of looking at it. There's always another learning. There's always, as long as I keep learning and keep, then I'll keep going. So that's what I want to share about that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because the resiliency is huge. And I, I I think I often underappreciated in us that we are resilient. I've been saying that this year to people, not only are you resilient, you've persevered in the past. We can persevere with joy. You know, we can, we can see the yuck in the middle. Um, And then for the really challenging parts, you do deserve to have that moment, that joy, that 
pride in yourself. You know, like I often say to someone, you can be proud of yourself without getting a fat head. You know, it, it's totally. entirely possible like, to be able to do that, to be able to see and to receive the message from whatever's going on. And I have found actually with the executives that I work with or the, um, you know, the Olympians or things along those lines, that a lot of the times I'm reminding them that they are that adorable being that isn't all of their accomplishments. You know, they're both that and that same being who has those accomplishments can slide on over here into the place totally. where the critic might be living, you know, or where like I was working with a physician the other day and he, he was having a difficult time sending a communication. He's like, I just can't do it. And I'm like, well, I know you can because you reach into people's chests and you oh. massage their heart when they're <laughs> yeah. having a heart attack. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you can crack a chest and massage a heart, you can send the send, you can hit the send button. And the, just the amazing look on his face of, I can. And I'm like, I'm not going to blubber. I'm not going to blubber. I'm not going to yeah. blubber. But I wanted to blubber. Because in that yes. moment, he yes. found his wires. He, over here, he had been told yeah. he was brilliant through school. You know, he had a photographic memory. He had all this stuff. And I'm like, but no, he's a really sweet guy. Yes. And I'm like, you, you have that too. And he's like, I do. Oh. I do. See? <laughs> I love that. I love it. And isn't it beautiful to wake up to ourself? I mean, what more exciting thing is to know ourself more and to be connected, fully connected. I mean, there couldn't be a more beautiful way. That's the only way to have peace. That's the only way to have joy. That's the only way to, to celebrate. And I want to say you brought up celebration real quick. I know we're at our time pretty much. Oh, we're fine. Good. <laughs> okay, good. Celebration. I, I love that you bring up the word celebration as threes when we're in our three pattern, threes go so fast, they don't stop to celebrate. And I believe that we've become yeah. overall a culture that doesn't pause, pause to celebrate who we are mm -hmm. and how far we've come on our journey together. And um, what a gift to pause every day and celebrate. Like, yeah, I can celebrate what I got done, but can I just celebrate who I'm becoming? How am I learning about myself and how am I hearing myself more? How am I noticing myself more? Just noticing people don't even notice themselves. And, and what a gift that is. I do a lot of instructing on how to connect with our intuitive selves. And that's one of the first things I'll say is, I know you think we're going to run right through this, but I'm not going to fry your motherboard, number one. Um, and because if you do do it too fast, you'll you'll fry your gray matter. Um, but it it is about pausing and hearing the space between the heartbeat and acknowledging the frequency that may be around mm -hmm. you that you're picking up mm -hmm. on, you know, the looping that you were talking about. And I, I think we can celebrate our, our drive and our accomplishments and stuff, but it's, and, and we, we absolutely 
have to, I think, um, and be, I call it the high five, or I'll say to someone, if we've set up micro movements, I, I think they really add up. Um, and I'll say, <laughs> yeah. did you do your happy dance? Like, I need, I need to know you did your happy dance, even if it was inside because you were in a meeting and you didn't want to show it. You know, if you spoke up, was that, did you do your happy dance after? Yes. Because it's like the enter yes. button, you know? our patterns may have been introduced to us and we may be operating off of those kind of an autopilot, but yes. they can be rewired. And then this, this mm -hmm. awareness, this pausing, this celebration, the, um, like I, I, I believe about myself, I can be completely reverent without being so serious because yeah, I spent so much totally. time. Being <laughs> yeah. Serious. I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there is a gift in the pause. Like this last year has been, I actually blew out L4 on oh. my bike. Um, I hit a bump, which at the time thought was really funny. I'm like, Ooh, that was a good bump, you know, but the next Ooh, day I'm like, boy, I can't walk. Um, <laughs> there's a problem here. So the, the aspect of me that is like, go just mm. move through it. Don't listen to that pain. Just keep going. I had to stop. I had to go to PT. Mm -hmm. I had to learn core, you know, all this stuff. And I remember being in, uh, probably my 450,000th hip bridge, um, just holding it to strengthen and to get that disc to go back in thinking, you know, this is pretty cool. I, I'm just, I have nothing to do but hold this bridge. This moment right here, I am completely in this moment. Mm -hmm, so I call mm -hmm. it the gift of the bump. Um, so I, <laughs> because it did mm -hmm. give me a pause so that I could appreciate the pause so that I can then help others to, you know, like you're, you're saying to, and, and that one of the statements, one of the things in your mm -hmm. blog was to stop the chatter. And I, I think this is a key to stopping the chatter. I mean, my nickname <laughs> as a child was chatterbox. Um, you know, so yeah, exactly. Chatter. chatter could be totally fun, but it's when it's incessant in our minds and we agree, we listen to it unconsciously and believe yeah. it then it becomes a very dangerous, scary place yeah. <laughs> inside our chatterbox. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 there's a part of me that uh, an aspect of not a part, but an aspect of myself that um, I really truly believe that the more leaders, the more doers, if you will, <laughs> I've been accused of being one of those. Um, and the more, people who are in those positions of get or done um, embrace this aspect of whole self, of the whole yes, of this yes. is a dynamic part of me. Um, then that I feel contributes to this flow yes. that we have going on universally. Yeah, absolutely. I love and that. Then there is more ease. And then ironically, there's more accomplishment. Totally. Easefully more happens. I know. I love it. Cause it's, it's, it makes sense when you hover back, right? Like looking like it with my, like with my coach. And when I would look at my races, that's what I always start with. When I work with a CEO, I'm like, okay, let's hover back. Are you getting the results you want in every area of your life? 
work, love, relationships, um, taking care of yourself, finances. Like, are you where you want to be? And usually it's a no. And okay, perfect. Let's look at it. And that hovering back and really giving the pause and um, being human, pausing to be human. And, and I know you know this, but I'm, I'm taking this inner NBA program through NYU right now. And uh, like Dan Goldman's in there, like amazing professors from Harvard and NYU. And they're saying that the whole work in this work is about bringing wisdom and compassion, wisdom and compassion in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And those aren't tools that we talk about. And 75% now it's up to, did you know this 75% of people are not engaged at work? It's gone. Like it used to be like 45% the last I heard, which is several years ago, 75%. So the cool thing is if you look at it and you really think about this, well, huh, how did we get here? Well, it's because we're living as industrial revolution and we're like, go to work, check the box, right? And that's in the tech world that we're in now. It's, it's not that way. So how do we come back to our humanness, not a machine and start to be authentic with ourself? How do we turn back to ourself and allow all the dear, beautiful people that work for this with the CEO as in all of his team, how do we allow them to come back to themselves? And that's what they're really saying. These young, beautiful ones who are saying, I want to have a purpose. It's again, I think sometimes they go a little bit off track because they think it's, I'm going to go serve somewhere in order to have a person purpose. But we're talking about how do I, how do I live my purpose, which is very different. And I think that's the most important role of a CEO. The most and only role of a CEO is to have the vision for himself or herself. And how are they going to lead in a conscious, loving, compassionate, wise way and raise up their people just like they're raising themselves up because if they're not raising themselves up mm. and all eyes are on them anyway, mm-hmm. you might as well kiss the baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. Telling someone this is what you got to do today and make 25 calls or 50 calls a day. If you're a salesperson and, and you've got to like, and if you don't do X, Y, Z and the goals that they give people, right. You know, the sales role, the goals that give people. And if they don't match those goals, then they're, they're fired. What the heck is that about? What are we saying? I mean, you know, it's, (laughs) yeah. And again, to the point that when that's understood, sometimes it has to be shown first, that's fine. Um, But when that's understood, and then it might take a month or so, you know, to see the return on investment. Um, But then it starts to play out because it's not, like I, I said to one of my CEOs the other day, I said, I am not asking you to meet people at the door and hug them every morning. You know, even if we, even if we weren't virtual, I, I'm not asking you to do that. What I'm asking you to do is understand that there's other stuff going on in their life. And that when you do that, and when they see you as human, and when they see you as caring, they're going to automatically want to, they're going to be able to, and they're going to want to show up a little bit more in this, in this environment. And they're going to want to do it for themselves, but also for you too. And where's, where's the problem in that? 
And it, it totally. was his vulnerability. Yeah, it was what, it, yeah, but yeah, we can work yeah. on that, but we can work with that. So, so to, to have the balance of this um, openness, you know, that also leads to efficiency and it leads to the success of a company. And no, I do not believe that we have yeah. to have kumbaya <laughs> rooms and everything, but we, we do, yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we do, I think, need a, a, an encompassing or a an inviting, an inviting of humanity and all of that and into the place because it's just like so many people are, you know, missing community and everything. So it's possible. It's totally possible. Yeah. Because most people, if you ask them, they're they're they feel siloed. Like when I do a culture survey, they're going to say, I feel alone. I feel siloed and I feel everyone's jockeying for position. Right. And, and what kind of environment yeah. is that? And it's just because we've become, I, I just had the thought, you remember how, you know, how you like, I don't know, you're signing up to get on Amazon and you forgot your, your password or something. And they send you a little box, check, check all the sidewalk boxes, you know, photos, because they want to make sure you're not a robot. Yeah. Right. The opposite. I just had that thought of yeah. like, yeah. can we check to make sure we're not being a robot? Can we make sure that these dear people are not on robotic fashion, but they're coming to themselves and they're coming wholly to, to, to work. Like what a different space. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And it raises the vibration of the company and, and the product and the offering and, and it allows just like when they're acknowledged, seen, heard, um, you know, that brings it in too. And I, I think this is a much like in, in humanity, you know, companies have, um, they have a vibration too. So being able to honor that and respect that. And sometimes the company wanders and you got to say, get over here, bring it back in. You know, sometimes our government wanders and you got to say, get back in here. Um, but that the, I think the gift of this last year is we became so separated yeah. that there is a yearning for connection. Um, totally. and there's a gift. Yeah. In that. Hopefully so. my wand is too in that gift that we don't return back to the silo, like that we're still in front of computers, but we're sitting next to each other, but as if we were still sitting in front of a computer. Right. So how do we yeah. do that yeah. together? How do we wake up to, how do we be the change? What's our learning around this separation and how do we start mm -hmm. to be more than our computer more than our desk, more than our doer and welcoming that. I'm sure you've been into many companies where you can feel the energy. You can feel the toxicity. You can feel the stress right now. People are maxed with stress, which is the opposite of joy. You can't have joy and stress at the same time. They don't go together. And stress comes from not being aligned with yourself. Yeah. The inner disconnection or disharmony inside of not listening to yourself, head, heart, and gut is the number and only number one reason and only reason that you have stress. It's not an external thing. It's an internal thing. And people think we got to fix the mm -hmm. stress. And if we have, they, we work less hours or we tell our, our people, well, no, 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 no. That's not the answer. <laughs> That's not the answer. Yeah. yeah. That's the postponement. Um, because you will eventually realize, oh, that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next. 
you know, or this process didn't work. It's like, let's just go yeah. to the head, heart and gut um, and let's address all of it. So totally. um, <laughs> I'm so grateful. I could talk to you for hours. I know this. <laughs> so, uh, I want to um, encourage people to, um, and when we were talking about the Enneagram, it, it occurred to me, I've had plans to have people on, but I haven't done it yet. It, if people want to look it up, it's E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. It's amazing. Beatrice Chestnut is amazing. Um, there are the Enneagram Institute, and I will have someone on to maybe he'll come back and talk about it. Um, because it is a tool. It's a way to understand. For me, it was such a gift in seeing, okay, that's when I'm being an unsupported three. <laughs> Let, let me see if I can shift that and, and learn so much. It is wonderful. So I just wanted to cover that before we sign off because people are like, what the heck word are they saying? The Enneagram, people sometimes like, well, I don't want to be typed and then put into a box. It's the opposite. Exactly. Knowing your type is how you put yourself in the box. And then not only that, the Enneagram is the richest tool I know is how to move out of the box, which is amazing. How to use all three learning centers, head, heart, and gut. And I just want to give a plug for, if you want to get really well typed, um, it's the IEQ nine integrative nine. It is a chock full of deep Thank learning. You. It's even, it, I was typed on the our Enneagram Institute. It's like a $12 or free, but you can fudge the, your answer. Yes. So if you really want an accurate typing, invest in a stellar assessment. And that is one tool that I use because I've found many, and that one has been accurate. They say 97% accurate. So I'll I highly, a, highly recommend that. Yeah. I'll put a link in the, um, the notes. Mm -hmm. I, but you have a quiz too that they can Oh take. yes, I have a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's about doing right. So it's, um, and going beyond that, it's www.beyonddoing. So two days together, beyonddoingquiz.com. And it's to help you see your patterns and your doing and your being, and what are you believing or not believing unconsciously or consciously. And then if you want to talk with me about it, great. If not, you still have that tool. And then I would also like to offer that if you hear this conversation and anything resonates with you around what we're up to, me and Vicki, about being ourselves and helping you step into your awesomeness, and you want to have a chat with me, um, let me know that you heard uh, this conversation here. And I would be so happy to offer a special gift of three sessions with me, an hour each for $998. And just mention that you uh, found me here. And then you can reach me. Um, my website is one way www.sunderland, S-U-N-D-E-R-L-A-N-D, um, coaching.com or my email, which is Debra, D-E-B-R-A at um, sunderlandcoaching.com. Thank you. That's very generous. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love gifts. Yes. <laughs> gifts are always fun. Yeah. Be the giver and the receiver. Well, thank you so much. I You're thoroughly so enjoyed this. Um, it's, you know, it's, always a gift to connect with someone where you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, you know, when you work by yourself a lot, Yeah. It, it, sometimes it's like, what are you doing, girl? Like, is any of this resonating with anybody? You know, so yeah. it's so fun to be like, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then, <laughs> so, you know, for those listening, it might've been a little bit like chasing a firefly um, with this little bite butt on and then it's off and then it's on and off. But um, <laughs> 
but that's because of the excitement mm-hmm. I feel like that mm-hmm. we both have for mm-hmm. our work um, and for the privilege of being human and yes. a soul walking around in this humanness. So yes. Yes. I appreciate you being here. Thank you and so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for just, yeah, thank you for your life and thank you for, yeah, thank you for connecting with me and taking this time to share. It's awesome. I love the energy. It's great. We have to do it again. Happy to. Thank you for listening to Intuition Your First Sense. I'm so grateful to have you here. It's like a gift to me every week. And speaking of gifts, did you know that you can purchase gift certificates on my website? vickybaird.com for yourself, for others. You can purchase coaching packages and gift those out. So please head on over to vickybaird.com and purchase your electronic gift certificate.